This is the reason we work in the summertime in January and February in the spring. This is the reason we push you beyond what you think you can do to experience moments like this. I mean, this family, every one of them, I mean, you know it. I've watched you struggle and I've watched you wrestle with them angels and, 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 and but I've watched you grow up and become men. It don't make any difference who's catching it, who's rushing the pass, or who's making the tackles. As long as you've got a blue jersey on. Welcome to the Warbloggle.com podcast. It's been a while. I've kind of been reveling in all, all of Auburn's wins and haven't had a chance to, to get uh, some podcasts recorded, but we're back on the biggest week of the year, uh, Iron Bowl week, as you all know. Actually recording this on Thanksgiving morning, um, and uh, so it's a special week. We've got a big, big game coming up, and figured we've got a big game. We need to have a big guest on the podcast, so I think I've got one of the biggest uh, you could possibly have. We have none other then legendary coach, Coach Pat Dye. How are you doing, Coach? I'm good. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody across the, the war Vogel land. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Um, well, let's just get right into it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm 31 years old, so I grew up in the late 80s, early 90s. And when I think of the Iron Bowl, I think of those Iron Bowls. I think of, of you, uh, in 89 and I think of I think of all those games I don't I, every Iron Bowl week I watch I go back and watch those old games or watch those clips and one thing always has always stood out to me and always kind of affected me through life really and anybody around me can tell you this is the way you were able to talk to the players and motivate the players in the locker room before after the game um, you're just able to give some of the most memorable speeches that of, of any of any coach in any sport. So, I mean, I've always wondered, and I probably know the answer to this, were, did you go into those games with some of those thoughts in your head? I know you didn't know what was going to happen, but was that all just kind of on the fly? And if so, how, how did you learn that art of being able to motivate so well? Well, one thing that that's, uh, I tried to do is to think about what I would say if we won. Uh-huh. And at the same time, what I would say if we lost. Because you need to think about that a little bit before it happens. Because if you don't, you you find yourself saying something that you shouldn't have said, or you're sorry you said, or uh, you know. So you, you uh, those thoughts have to go through your mind uh, because that uh, I have people all over, you know, everywhere I go talk about those locker room talks and things, and and uh, there's. That's the most critical time that you can talk to a football team, uh, and probably the fans, because you're on an emotional adrenaline high, and what you say, you know, they retain forever. And, uh, it, it, I mean, it's, it's a, and I did think about them before, but, that, but a lot of it, and most of it, Ninety-five percent of it was from the heart. You know, I didn't, I didn't have any prearranged speeches that I was going that I was going to make ever. 
the circumstances surrounding that. It's just like you can't you can't prearrange your halftime talk because you don't know how the first half uh, is going to go. Yep. And uh, you know I've I think that I've had a, had an impact in several ball games at halftime, and they certainly were weren't planned. Uh, so it's it, uh, I think it's just one of those things that that you know just it it kind of happened. Some of them uh, you know were a lot more meaningful and a lot stronger than others. And your biggest games certainly people are going to be hanging on to every word you say. You know, like after the the '82 game in Birmingham with Alabama and. Uh, uh, the devastating loss we had in Knoxville, Tennessee in 81. There's going to be a lot of days when you lay your guts on the line and you come away empty-handed. Ain't a damn thing you can do about it but go back and lay them on the line again and again and again. You'll keep fighting like you did today. You'll keep playing like that. You can build a foundation that we can live a long, long time on it all. You know, our football team played as good and as hard as we could play and just came up a little short. And then the 89 dressing room scene was one where I I had struggled all year long and the team had struggled all year long to try to get better. And I just, you know, I knew we had the potential to have a good football team in 89. And, uh, of course, we lost to Tennessee at Florida State early in the year in games that I thought we would talent-wise, and, you know, we, we were good enough to win, and we, we didn't win them. And uh, so that means something is missing. And uh, we just kept searching, kept working, and uh, you wouldn't remember it probably, but we, we were struggling running the football in 89. And, uh, and I struggled with the coaches you know, trying to convince him that we had to have a running game and the players, and I, and I, I just I couldn't get I couldn't get it done. I couldn't get it across. I couldn't, and I, my message wasn't strong enough. So we play Mississippi State, and I walked in the offensive staff meeting, and I said, "Look, I'll tell you when we when you can throw the ball Saturday." I said, "You," I said, "We're not going to throw the football uh, until I say so." So we play the whole first half, don't throw a ball, don't throw a pass. I said, you can run the draw on on third and long. I said, but you can't throw it. I said, if it's third and long, we'll run the draw or run whatever you want to run and punt and play defense. So at the half, it was 0-0. Zero, zero. And uh, the fans' mood was coming off the field. And I, I kind of chuckled going under the stands there. I said, I don't blame you. I booed too. So, so uh we're going to halftime. Come back out and throw it six, seven times in the second half and end up winning 14 to nothing. But we play Florida next week and win, play Georgia and win, play Alabama and win. And uh, simply because we got the message across that, that we were going to run the football. And I think Stacey Danley was the leading ground gainer in all three of those games. And uh, he certainly wasn't the most talented back. But uh, we've made a commitment to run the football, and and uh, so and we could throw it. Reggie Slack, and 
and I didn't stand right. And I mean, we 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 had we could throw the football, but we had to we had to run it well enough to to make the plays run the football and to have a balanced offense. Yeah, um, and that kind of ties into to this year's team a little bit, I guess. Um, you know, Auburn's got the number one rushing attack in the nation right now. Uh, but, you know, everybody's kind of still, even after the Georgia game, still kind of looking at, at Nick Marshall and wondering how his arm really is and, and all that. And that's going to come when you only throw it, you know, 13 times in two games, I guess. What are your thoughts on, on, on him being able to throw the ball? And, you know, if, if Auburn relying on the run so much is even really a bad thing? Well, you know, I think we got to be balanced, uh, uh, maybe a little more balanced against Alabama or, if we're not balanced, we certainly got to be able to take advantage of them playing, you know, playing everybody against the run. Uh, we can't we can't let them ignore the fact that we can throw the football. Uh, I think that uh, did did Nick not throw for over 300 yards against Mississippi State? He did. That was he had to throw in that game because they stopped the run. Uh, okay. All right. Well, now that's a see. It's not that we can't throw the football. It's, and, and it hadn't been all, it, it's been Nick some, but it hadn't been all Nick. Now we've dropped some passes, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's uh, it's just I think the overall execution of the passing game has not been as smooth as as uh, the coaches and I know would like for it to be. And uh, but the passing game, you think back on the three drives that we had to make to win the game against Mississippi State, Texas A and M. In Georgia, the big plays on those drives were all in the passing game. Right. And uh, so, you know, we just have to wait till Saturday. And, you know, uh, Coach Saban and Alabama, they'll have a good plan as to, you know, how they want to approach this game from a defensive standpoint. And I don't think they'll vary a lot from what, they, what they've been doing for, you know, since he's been there. They're going to. They're going to try to force you to throw the football, and and his his thinking is that if he can stop the run, then there's not enough good quarterbacks in college football that can really line up and beat you throwing a football. And uh, when he's lost, when Alabama's lost, it's been because of the quarterback having a great day throwing the football. Uh, the only exception to that would be. Two years ago, I guess when when Jefferson beat him nine to six in, in Tuscaloosa, yeah. And uh, but outside of that, you look back over his history. You know, Stafford put thirty one thirty something up on him in the second half of the game. Alabama won the game, but he and then they lost a bowl game that year to I, I think Anderson or whoever was the quarterback from Utah. Tebow mm-hmm. beat him throwing the football one year. Uh, Cam beat him throwing the football, yeah. making big plays. And Garcia had a a career day against them when they played in in uh, South Carolina, and they got beat over there. So, you know, it's a uh, you know, it's a. Uh, I mean, that's just that's just what it takes to to beat them. And the Alabama doesn't have any weaknesses on defense. You know, they're. They may not be great at every position, but they they're good at every position, and they're great at some of them. Uh, and uh, so we'll have to we'll have to execute 
as well as we have all year long. And 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 I think we either got to be balanced or we got to get some big plays out to pass the game. And uh, and I mean that's just my that's my thought going in. And and of course that's what that's what Alabama's going to try to prevent. Yeah. You forbid, and they're going to try to they're going to try to get you behind the chains and and dictate what you do. And uh, you just can't let them do that and get away with it. Yep. Uh, well, going back to a little Iron Bowl history, I'm I'm a I'm a fanboy for all this kind of stuff. I just wanted to ask you a few you know a, a few quick questions about about the games that you coach. Um, what would you say was the biggest Iron Bowl to you? Nine eighty two or eighty nine? Well, there were two different, different. Both of them were big games, and I wouldn't put one in front of the other uh, because they had different significance. Uh, the 82 game, of course, came up to nine straight losses, and uh, it was it was monumental to the Auburn people and to our program, uh, making a statement that you know we were back, you know, in football business at Auburn, and then of course the 89 game was a historical event, and the occasion and the and the fact that Alabama was coming was really bigger than the. Fact that we won a football game too, uh, you know Alabama just coming to Auburn. That was a that was the last break because you know Tennessee wouldn't come to Auburn for a long time. Georgia Tech wouldn't come, you know Georgia Georgia came early on and uh, and I think Florida did too. But uh, of course the Georgia game was always played in Columbus, Georgia, mm-hmm. until. Uh, I played in the last game in, in Columbus in 1958, and then we played 59 in Athens, and then played 60 in Auburn, and uh, then it was home and home ever since then. And you know the the thing about the Iron Bowl is being played in Auburn, and I knew this before it ever happened. I knew when when the game came to Auburn that Alabama was going to have to take their home game to Tuscaloosa just a matter of time because when their fans came to Auburn and saw what was taking place on our campus with the you know with the tailgating and the, just from a social standpoint and and getting all those folks back on campus they couldn't they couldn't continue to play that game in Birmingham because it was. It was just too valuable of the recruiting and, and all the things surrounding for the fans and everybody concerned. You know, the game was fine for the folks that lived in Birmingham to play there, but folks that lived outside of outside of Birmingham would much rather go to Tuscaloosa to watch a ball game than they had Birmingham. And of course, our our folks always wanted to come to Auburn. You know, they 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 enjoy coming to Auburn road to play a football game and not the football game just gives them an excuse. Um, what did Coach Bryant say to you after you won the game in '82? Well, he said he said he he said congratulations. He said I'm proud for you. He said uh, he said, he said something to the effect that I'm not I'm not glad for you, but I'm proud for you. Something. <laughs> and and, and uh, but you know he was always a class act, and when he lost and. Uh, you know his his 
philosophy, and I think it's a good one, was that when you get beat, the only thing you got left to salvage is, is having class and, and uh, dignity and a loss. And, uh, and that's the way, you know, that's the way he presented himself after the ball game up there. And, uh, you know, it was, it was going to happen. And, you know, that was one of those games where I just, I was confident going to the ball game we were going to win. Uh, I, I mean, you, you, you got to play it. And I didn't know how it was going to happen. But in our players felt like we were going to win. Yeah. You know, so that, uh, and it happened. Then I felt the same way about the 89 game. And there's been some games where I did a poor job of getting ready to play in 84, which should have won the football game, had a better team than Alabama. And, uh, you know, I never ever wanted to over-hype the game or oversell it or over-coach. And, and uh, in 84, I, I should have done, I should have, I should have realized that Alabama had already they had only won four games, I think, coming into the Iron Bowl, and and uh, you know we we were not a great football team by any means, but we were better than Alabama and, and lost the ball game. On a, we missed a field goal on the last play of the game, and it was a, it was a game I had a hard time living with, and have ever since then. All right, one last little fun question: Who was the the best athlete that you coach besides Bo? Well, you know, I, I probably Frank Thomas. Oh, really? Yeah. He didn't play but freshman half of two or three games. Or I'm not even sure how much he played as a sophomore. But he was, you know, he was 6'4", 250, run 4'6", 4'5", and great hand-eye coordination and, uh, and I'd say, I'd say, I'd say Frank. You know, he's, I would, you know, he wasn't, the fastest probably was Alexander Wright, besides Bo. And, uh, of course, I mean, there was, there's been some great ones that come through now. Uh, Gloria Tillman was a great one. Talent. But you know, Fullwood was a great running back. He does. He, you know, I would classify him as a great athlete. But he was. He had tremendous speed, and he was. A, he was a. He was a. He was a great running back. And you know, you go to somebody like Tracy Rock, who was a great defensive lineman. Uh, you know, I mean, it was. It was some. You know, we've had we we had some talented. Talented people. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was I was thinking about your career where you, when you started at Auburn and, and how Gus is doing, and I noticed there was a, a slight similarity in kind of in the situations you were both presented with. The year before Auburn did not win an SEC game, and both of and both of your, I mean, that was kind of what you were given. Um, You're also in the Iron Bowl, kind of playing against a legendary coach uh, that that may be near the end of his career. Obviously, Bear was near the end of his career. Saban, you know, we never know. I kind of have this feeling he's going to retire pretty soon. Um, do you see any similarities in how Gus has kind of brought the brought the program back pretty quickly 
the same well, as you did? Well, you know, I don't think that I've ever seen a better coaching job and and uh, in my life than what I've witnessed at Auburn this year. Uh, you know, I mean, what, what they have done now, the, don't get me wrong, they've got – We've got some good football players, and uh, and 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 key football players that uh, you know that were that were at Auburn. In other words, all of the offensive linemen, yep. and and Sammy Coates, and and Ricardo Lewis, and Mason, and Poish, all of those guys were here. The only addition. Is that they made, which is the key, and made made the whole thing work, was Nick Marshall. Yeah, and uh, he's been the he's been the catalyst in winning those three close ball games. Now on defense, the three freshman defensive linemen have had a major impact on their defense, in my opinion. I think that them coming in here with with the the kind of Talent that they they had, I think it, it and and having the ability to to roll those front people on defense has really really paid dividends in my opinion late in the late in the games because our defensive front wasn't tired and uh, could make plays, rush pass, and do things that that uh, you got to do at the end of a game to you know to close on defense. Uh, you know, we won the we won the Washington State game on defense. You know, holding them, you know, to four downs. Did the same thing against Miss uh, Ole Miss. Uh, did the same thing against Texas A and M. You know, we gave up a lot of points and gave up, you know, some plays on defense. But when we had to win the game at the end of the game, we had enough energy to do it. And uh, those were those. Those young players, the freshmen on defense, you know, gave us a dip up front that we needed. And, uh, to me, that's been a big play, big. And he's, uh, Rodney and, and Coach Ellis, uh, Johnson have, have played them and rotated them, you know, throughout the course of the game. You can't wait till the end of the game and play them because when you get to the end of the game, you're going to put the best people you got out there. So right. you got to start. You got to start your rotation early, and uh, and just take and take circumstances. I mean, they, they may not be as good as the ones that start, but uh, a fresh a fresh player that's not quite as good is a lot better than one that is good that's tired. Yeah. Uh, well, I hear you have a book coming out pretty soon. Well, we do. It's uh, after the arena. You know, the first one I wrote was in the arena. Right. And this one is after the arena. But I will say that we go back while I was still in the arena and bring up, bring up some stories and and uh, some things that that I wanted to that I wanted to say and and uh, and then of course there's been a lot of things that have happened since I retired in '92 that that. Uh, I wanted to say, and you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, I think the people that have proofread it and so forth, they they think it's a good book. I told a lot of stories in it. Some of them, some of them, I probably shouldn't have told, but I did anyway. <laughs> and uh, so it was, uh, 
it was it was it was fun doing and and uh I got uh both wrote the forward for it which was it was uh I mean it it it, it kind of showed our relationship. Uh-huh. And uh Randy Campbell had a part in it and uh wrote a a paragraph or two and so did Quentin Riggins. And uh they were all they were all great leaders for our football program and team when you know, when they played it over. So when does it come out? It's supposed to be out I think the first of December. Uh, okay. we got, I think we got a book signing scheduled for the fourteenth and it's uh and if it comes out the first then we may we may move one and have one on the seventh. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm representing Kia and we may have one at the Kia's dealership on the seventh if the book is out by then. Okay. Well I will add that to my Christmas list for sure. Uh, well it's it's, it's gonna be a fun read and like I said it's a it's it covers a it it covers a lot of stuff in there and and uh you know, I, I think that the Auburn folks will get a little insight into some things that that, uh, that I saw up close. Definitely. All right. Well, uh, as we wrap up, I'll, uh, I know you probably won't do this, but could you give a score prediction for the game? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't think of doing that. I, you know, I think that. Uh, yeah, you know Alabama's got a great football team, and and what I tell people, uh, and if and on paper they're better than we are, but you don't play on paper, and uh, playing at home should be an advantage to us. Uh, we've got to make we've got to make plays, and we have one thing that we have I think that 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 certainly is going to help us. Is that I don't think Alabama play, has played a team this year that is as fast and quick and overall team speed as we have, and uh, I hope that'll make a difference. And you know, I I, I just uh, you know we got we got to make some plays on offense and score some points because they're going to score. Alabama's got too much talent, too much ability, and fifth year quarterback that uh, has been around and. You know they're gonna score some points in my opinion. So it uh, we we we've got to be able to score. I just I, I compare us to, in relation to them to Texas A&M a little bit on offense. We're probably around the same level of, of talent on offense. I mean we don't have Johnny Manziel, but we've got a better defense than Texas A&M does. And that you know, game that game was very close. So. Well, it, it, uh, you, you look back and, you know, they only scored two touchdowns against Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. And they scored, you know, they scored a touchdown on defense against Texas A&M, but they, you know, they scored a lot of points on offense too. They only scored 20 points against Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe 26 against Ole Miss. And, uh, We'll have, we'll need to play the best that we've played all year long on defense to, you know, to hold them. I, to, if we hold Alabama under 30 points, 
in my opinion, we will have played pretty darn good <laughs> on defense. Yeah. And we've got the record of that streak, 80-something games. We win 80-something games in a row with when we score over 30 points, so that would that would probably work out. Well, you know, I think the, I think the specialty teams are probably going to uh, be pretty close. We've got good kickers. they got good kickers. We've got good specialty teams, and they have good specialty teams. They've had big plays on the, on the kicking game, and we've had big plays on the kicking game. Uh, you know, defensively, you know, their offense should be better than ours, and we match up with them, in my opinion, a little better physically with our offense against their defense. Uh, but they uh, they are an outstanding defensive football team, and they got – you got two great linebackers, or three really, and they're really they're good up front, and the secondary is good, and and their philosophy is good. You know, they 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 uh, and they those kids that are playing have been in the program and in the system a number of years. They don't have any any freshmen playing like we do, mm-hmm. so that's uh, the experience. I mean that that cuts down on the mistakes and. The, you know, just being a more common, mature football player. Yeah. But they play it in Auburn. And yes. The thing, you know, one thing that, that uh, is interesting, and, you know, this, this game is the biggest game we play every year to the Auburn people. And, uh, and I think it's probably the biggest game of year every year to the Alabama people. The, the, the thing that is different is that, you know, we've had a great year. And we're going to lose Saturday. We will have still have a great year. Yes. If Alabama doesn't win last next this Saturday, it's going to ruin that season. <laughs> and that's the difference in the mindset of the Auburn people and the Alabama people. And uh, I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's the way it is. Yeah. And uh, so... You know, I, I'd, I'd hate for, you know, one game or whatever to divide, to define the, game, the job that our football team and our coaching staff have done this year to give us the pleasure and the excitement of uh, Auburn football coming back to a competitive with the top teams across the country. And... Uh, I mean that's that's good enough for me. I mean I the idea and the thought of winning the national championship every year is uh, you know that's that's nice and nobody enjoyed winning that one in 2010 any more than I did. And I told the coaches, the players when I was and I was close to that group. I said y'all are, y'all live in the dream. Uh, y'all are living my dream. Win a national championship. I think they're going to go back and, and reestablish uh, some national championship teams at, at, at Auburn, like they've done at Alabama and Texas A&M, and some other teams across the country. And so we might have the '83 team may be up there somewhere one of these days. That'd be good. That'd be really good. All right, Coach. Um, y'all have a y'all have a happy Thanksgiving and. And uh, bring your A game Saturday. We will do it. I'm I'm going to be tailgating all all day. Game day is going to have it 
Well, it, it, uh, it, uh, the crowd can have an impact on that football game and the fans can have an impact on that football game. And, uh, so it's, uh, yeah, I've been well, thinking, well, it's a great opportunity and one that I'm looking forward to seeing and playing and, you know, and then just see what happens. Yeah, I, I don't think we will have seen anything like what that crowd is going to be like. I mean, it's the biggest Iron Bowl maybe ever, given, you know, the rankings of the teams and everything. Well, I don't think there's any question that there's more riding yeah. on this Iron Bowl than any that's ever been played from a national standpoint. Right. And uh, so everybody in the country is going to be looking to see what happens. Well, it's going to be fun. Well, Coach, I really, really appreciate you doing this. It's been a huge honor, and especially thank you for doing it on Thanksgiving morning. Um, let's go eat some turkey and beat Alabama. Okay. Sounds good to me. All right. War Eagle. War Eagle.